Man, we're talking basketball in July, dog. Who would have thought? Right. Who thought? How you guys doing today, man? I'm I'm amazing. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much, man. How you doing, Kaiser? Doing good. Uh, I, I just had 10 days off work. This is my last day off, so I have that tread. You know, like, oh, I got to go back to work. Man, man. like, I, I tell my wife, man, if I could retire now. I don't care how much I make. I moved to South Carolina in the country and yeah. live down there. <laughs> It'd be fine. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. So how was your week, man? Man, busy, 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 man. I am in the process of trying to do a mini remodel for the house. So imagine how that's going to go, man. I, I'm tired as hell, man. But Okay, to... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but man, yeah, yeah. Just just trying just trying to trying to trying to get it right, man. Trying to get it right so I can so I can build my multi-entertainment uh setup in in the living room so I can get back to watch the sports, man. Gotcha, that, gotcha, that's what gotcha. that's what's really important. Gotcha, <laughs> Speaking on building, maybe the Hornets are building something recently. Uh, despite no, what the, that's not what the Facebook group told me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite Lies. the naysayers, look. Despite the naysayers, Miles Bridges and PJ Washington were chosen to be a part of the select team, and people tried to downplay it. And can you tell me how important this is? Kaza, take this one first, bro. Yeah. So. All we heard from fans for like forever is how the Hornets never develop anyone, how the Hornets have no relevance, they're the laughing stock of the league, all these things that, that really weren't true, but you could make a case for. The fact that the NBA chose Miles Bridges and PJ Washington to be on the select team, which is, in my opinion, a pretty prestigious accomplishment considering where those guys are in their career. It shows that the Hornets are not as irrelevant as people think. I think P.J. and Miles opened a lot of eyes last season, especially Miles' run at the end of the season. Plus, we forget Miles was the Rising Stars MVP, and he was that in spectacular fashion. Kaiser, 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 Kaiser. 20 games at the end of the season doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, hey, look, yeah. you didn't see improvement from day one to yeah. day 21 to day 41 to day 81. It doesn't matter. People don't know what development means. You know, <laughs> you have to develop. Uh, a good, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But I, I feel like that's a this is a good look for Charlotte, no matter how you slice it. LaMelo Ball wasn't on the team, obviously, because I think he wants to heal that wrist up. But he would have been on the team as well. And some people are saying, well, look at the other people that are on that team. Well, the thing is, is uh, the, the select team is normally up and coming rising stars. Uh, you know, so they're not going to be, there's not going to be like, well, Damian Lillard's on the main team, but, you know, there's not going to be like Steph Curry on the select team. I think it shows that, um, that we have people that, you know, uh, have relevance in the league. That It's as simple as that. There are a lot of teams that would love to have Miles Bridges or P.J. Washington. Um, and also, you cannot downplay the experience you're going to get from being on the select team. Right, you're right. You're on scrimmages and practices. <clears throat> the main team, you know, how often do you get to, to practice every day with guys like Kevin Durant? I think it's a great thing, and fans, should be, fans should be really proud of our guys uh, for being selected. Even though they, they, they didn't get, you know, COVID protocol came down and, and they had to miss – uh, some activities, but uh, but good on those guys. 
Yeah, man. Um, Kaiser stole a lot of my thunder, man. But let let's let me point out how big of a deal USA basketball has really, really become in the last fifteen years, so to speak. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys remember that time. You know, I hate to bring up bad stuff, but <clears throat> remember that point in time when USA basketball was kind of struggling. We had a loaded, talented team with right, right. Allen Iverson and Jermaine O'Neal and all these great players, but we were struggling overseas. Come on, Since, yes. Worst. Yeah. You realize we lost to Nigeria. Can yeah, you yeah, yeah. Carry on, carry on, carry yeah, on. That, that, that is foreshadowing. However, now <laughs> my point is since that time, uh, there has been a lot that has been put into USA basketball, and the selection process has gotten a lot more intense since then. So to have two of our guys, PJ Washington and Miles Bridges, is a pretty big deal. And it's a pretty big deal seeing the fact that a lot of our fans don't really appreciate what we have, and a lot of our fans want to turn over half the damn roster every season. Let me remind people that P.J. Washington was a second all-rookie team. Let me remind people once again that uh, Miles Bridges, his ascension and his development is was well-documented, and he showed his stuff in the last 20 games of, of last season. And yes, it matters. But to, to more so Kaza's point, those guys playing practicing against the Kevin Durants and the Dame Lillards and the and uh, bam out of bios every week, that's going to do nothing but help that development. And it's a good thing for the Hornets team going forward, man. So it, it's a positive thing, man. I love I mean, it. And I want to add perspective. Like, Miles Bridges was almost 50-40-90. You know how many people in the 50-40-90 club? There's not much, man. Not yeah. many. Not many. And people will say, well, he didn't shoot a, a whole lot. Okay, fair point. But he did in the last 20 games of the season. And his efficiency actually went up. It actually went up the more playing time that he got. A lot of people either don't know or don't realize, Miles Bridges spends a lot of time in the offseason playing basketball. And a lot of guys don't. But if you look at the guys in the NBA who are really good, the greats, you see these videos of them spending a lot of time in the offseason playing pickup games in basketball. And that's what Miles Bridges does. So this being on the select team is an extension of that for him, except now he gets to play offseason basketball against – you know, Great. the best players in the league. I don't see how anyone could think this is a bad thing unless, you know, we, we got secret haters in our fan base. Right. That's cool. and, and then, I mean, then look at the other young talent on the team. You look at guys like Emmanuel Quickly and then Anthony Edwards is on the team. Like, come on, man. I mean, if those guys, if, if we're looking at this in a vacuum and you're looking at a talent like Anthony Edwards, why, if you're a Hornets fan, you say to yourself, like, man, these two guys are on the same team with this other young developing talent. So what are we really complaining about? <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, you know, Miles Bridges, th- there will always be people on every team that will constantly get compared to who the team should have picked. Should have picked, have right. Miles Bridges, unfortunately, as long as he's a Charlotte Hornet, will forever get compared to Shea Gilchrist-Alexander and Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter Jr. He'll never be able to escape that because those are two guys that fans really wanted, um, and especially since those guys have shown uh, that they have possibly developed faster than Miles Bridges, although MPJ, I mean, if you want to look at games played, if you want to talk about a 20-game sample size, Michael Porter Jr. is your guy because uh, that's about all he has maybe for his entire career. So, <laughs> Um, do I tell lies? No. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's the problem with Miles Bridges. He'll never – it's the Cody Zeller effect. I know Zeller was picked a lot higher, but people are always going to say, look who we could have had. Um, 
But I, I Miles Bridges clearly is a is a talent. I just don't see how he gets the. I don't see how he's not a lot of people's favorite Horner, honestly. It's just not the sexy pick, guys, 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 guys. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna throw out some names for you. Can you tell me a name that's missing? Lamella Ball, Justin Herbert, Crystal Dangerfield, Chase Young. Um, is Anthony Edwards missing? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Lamella Ball won the Breakthrough Athlete of the Year award at the ESPYS last night. His award was presented by Charlotte native, the baby, the baby, Mr. Kirk. So, guys, man, like I, I didn't watch it live, but did you guys watch it live and see it? I, I, I did not watch it live. I, hell, I didn't even know it was on to tell you the honest God truth, man. But when I, <laughs> when, when I saw, you know, the, the clip floating around on social media, I was like, how cool is this for the city of Charlotte, man? Let me be clear. I don't really give a damn about an ESPY award. I, I'm just, I, I'm being honest, man. It's it's not like some prestigious award, but at the same time, man, anything that raises the profile of this city, anything that raises the profile of the Charlotte Hornets, I'm with it, man. And, I mean, you look, you saw LaMelo in, in all of his youth and coolness, and I hate this word, in all, in all his swag. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, so you know, all, all, all this is just a reflection of, of our community and the Charlotte Hornets, man. It was a really, really cool thing. It's something that raises our profile, man. So it was good to see, bro. Yeah, the, the crowd just cheering when he when he walked out, like not yeah. for in the war, just because Lamella Ball. Remember, he's got now he's got six million Instagram followers. Um, this is fun, but, but good for the for, for the city of Charlotte as far as. The Anthony Edwards comparisons, the thing with Anthony Edwards is I think everyone knew Anthony Edwards was going to be a good scorer in the league. There, I don't think there was any doubt about that. That's why that's why I actually wanted the Hornets to draft him because, like, we need a scorer, and that guy can score. Remember, people were iffy on LaMelo Ball. Nobody thought – Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have, nobody thought he would have the impact that he ended up having on the entire league and thus he deserved to win breakthrough athlete because I, I really think he did that. He he broke through and and won the let, let me let me tackle that real quick because I'm glad you mentioned that, man. Because I you know again I don't want to make the SBs more prestigious than what it is, but you may have some people out there who's like, how can a rookie be a breakthrough athlete? Like, how is that possible? It's his first year. What is he really breaking through? You know what I mean? But I think to your to your point. <laughs> I mean, we have a Charlotte Hornet on the national stage. If that ain't a breakthrough, I don't know what the hell is. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's it. Yo, yo, guys, I don't know if you caught this. I, I looked at the uh, the YouTube for it, and uh, the baby a real one. Look, listen, he said, he said, he said, is this for the foe? Play your whole career in the city. <laughs> He said, Thank you, man. Thank you, the baby. That's Thank you, sir. Guy, like nobody caught that, and, right? And, and Lamelo, and Lamelo didn't say nothing. He didn't say nothing contrary to that. So pay attention to it, right? Put, put the right pieces around this kid. Put the right hey, pieces around to the fans. Lamelo Ball is here at a minimum for five more years. At a minimum, the rookie contracts, whether you love them or hate them in the NBA, they are designed so that teams can keep. That their talent, the, the Hornets hold all the cards in Lamella Ball's future, and whether or not he leaves the team. Uh, if if eventually he gets so good that he can pull a James Harden and force him his way out, that's one thing. But contractually speaking, at the 
excuse me, at the end of his rookie contract, he still ha- we still have the team option in two restricted free agency seasons, uh, one with the qualifying offer and a second one without a qualifying offer. Offer that 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 all of that in total is seven seasons, uh, not not including this past season. So it's going to be a long time. All these people that want Lamella Ball go to L.A. or play with his bro, whatever, y'all. It's not happening. It's not happening anytime soon. Let me say, let me say, let me let me say my parting shot for this particular topic, man. I look, Michael Jordan has been much maligned as an owner and as a so so called quote unquote executive. Michael Jordan ain't stupid, y'all. <laughs> okay, I, the Hornets will do everything in their power to make this kid happy and to build a proper team around him. So we just got to sit back, have a little bit of faith. And see what happens, man. But I, like you said, he, he's here at least for five more years. At least. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And guess what? A disclaimer. So Charlotte Hornets fans, we come up with stupid trades every week. <laughs> Trade half the team for Kate Cunningham. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Don't get mad when other teams come up with stupid trades to poach your players. We do the same thing. Pretty much. And I'm going to move on. <laughs> so, T- guys. Terry, Terry Rozier for two lottery picks. Yep. <laughs> let's go. All right. Let's, I'm sorry. Let's move on, man. <laughs> All right, guys. So, man, NBA Finals resumes tonight. Phoenix is up 2-0. Uh, Giannis had a monster game, 42-12 and three blocks. Do you, do you foresee Milwaukee at least taking the game in Milwaukee the next two games? Yeah, but uh, I think ultimately they lose the series. Giannis is uh, figuring or seat when LeBron had to go through all those years carrying his team through the Eastern Conference and then coming up against a Western Conference team in the finals. Having said that, Phoenix did what they were supposed to do. You win your first two games at home, right? Right, right, right. So if Milwaukee wins their games at home, then it's an even series. Now, granted, only four teams in history have come back from a 2-0 deficit. I know that sounds unbelievable, but it's true. And one of those teams was LeBron's Cavs in 2016, which came back from a 3-1 deficit. So it's really hard if you win the finals if you don't have home court advantage. And for that, I, I would say that Phoenix is probably going to win the series. Um, they looked really, really good at home. They just did. But I, I, I actually think the Bucks will tie the series up. I think they'll win the next two games at home. I do too. I do and, too. Uh, and it'll be even series. That, you know, best best out of three, and Phoenix will win that. It wouldn't surprise me. I'll put it like that. But let me just say, I love being right. And let me just tell you how, how much I'm right and how much I love being right so far. Because the first two games, well, before the series, I said, I think Felix is a more complete team. I think they are the most in-sync team, and from top to bottom, they are more complete. The first two games have proven that to be so. And if I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I got I got some smoke for Drew Holiday, because the national media has been trying to elevate this dude to, to, to some perennial all-star, and, and, and basically putting it on his shoulders to win Milwaukee these games. And he's not coming up. He's coming up short, to be, to be, to be honest. Now, for the next two games, I will say this. I'm going to speak to you guys' point. I think Milwaukee has an easy fix. And what I mean by that, there's an easy adjustment that the Milwaukee Bucks can make to win these next two games. They got to share the ball. It's that simple. 
Um, I listen. Let me, before I say this, I absolutely hate agreeing with the guy I'm going to bring up. I, it pains me to agree with this guy. Kendrick Perkins, out of all the people in the world, made a great point. He said the Milwaukee Bucks are playing like the stupidest team in the league, and I cannot disagree with that. They're not sharing the ball. They're not playing the brand of basketball that we're used to seeing the Milwaukee Bucks have played throughout the season. Um, they're not, you know, they, they take the shot selection is, is terrible, but yet they're still in these games. So you figured if they make that simple adjustment, these next two games can easily go their way. Man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quiet on this with you. Milwaukee doesn't have a point guard. Drew is not a point guard. He's not a natural point guard. I agree. They don't have anybody to control the pace and get Giannis the ball. Like like a play that stands out to me was when Giannis was like sitting on the block and he had uh, the smaller guy on him. Remember, I think it was right. Johnson or, or, or uh, Mikael Bridges, and Drew was just dribbling. Giannis like. Give me the ball. Pass me, me the ball, ball. right? Like, like a natural point guard would have sought that match out and match up out and done that. And, and, and you made a good point, man. Like they were very like like what was kind of troubling to me last game is they came out make all the adjustments adjustments. The efforts the effort was there, and they were only up three after the first quarter. Like right, it, right. it, it just seemed like it, it seems like all this effort and you're only up three, and. Uh, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, man, they got to show up. Like they, they See, to let, let, let me. I mean, and let, let me just. I'm. I'm gonna just run off uh, some some stats from Game Two. Drew Holiday, seven for twenty one, thirty nine minutes, seven assists. You gotta sh- look. Number one, I don't like my point guard shooting the ball twenty one times. When I have Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo on the same team. Chris Middleton shooting the ball 16 times. Drew Holiday shooting the ball 21 times. That's not a winning formula for basketball. I'm sorry, man. And, and, and look, if people uh, might throw some criticism towards Chris Middleton's way, but you got to look at the point guard who's, who's, who's supposed to be organizing his offense in, to begin with. You know what I'm saying? But again, I think these are easy fixes for the Bucs to win the next two games. I really do. Got uh, the the Bucs best – I mean, this is obvious – the best chance to win is to extend the series. Mainly, they got to test the health of Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul, if you take it out seven games, Chris Paul may not play in game seven. I mean, he'll play in game seven. But, but he, he might not be as effective. He might not be 100%. Uh, he, that hamstring has been bothering him. Every, every playoff season for, like, the last four seasons, he's had hamstring issues, including this one. So, um you know, they can't allow Phoenix. Chris Paul is so good at, like you said, Rodney, uh, the Bucks cannot control the pace of the game. But Chris Paul has the game under control from like a yo-yo string, man. Zero, zero, zero. He really knows how to control the pace. They have to get Chris Paul out of his comfort zone because I think if you do that, then uh, the Suns, you know, uh, you know, the Suns will, I think, will have a tougher time. Um, but uh, it's, I mean, it's interesting. This finals is interesting because uh, Nielsen's has reported that viewership for this final is up ten percent from mm. from last season. That, that can't be true. Well, no, 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 no. well but a lot of people are you know, a lot of people are you know saying, see, it's, it's no one necessarily wants these big market teams. Phoenix is a big market team. 
Phoenix is well, no, no, no. Because according to social media, Kaza, Phoenix is a small market team. Yeah. They, they don't they don't have a hockey champion in the baseball team and the football. No, no, they yeah, can't. Yeah, be yeah. they don't have any of that. No, I mean, Phoenix is. They don't host Super Bowls, college uh, football playoffs, NASCAR. <laughs> man, man. Man. So you know, I, I mean, I, I I I get it, and I think I think part of the reason that the viewership is up as one last season was the bubble. Yeah. Um, it, you know, a, a bubble basketball was only interesting to fans, like fans, fans of the NBA. And even then, most of us are kind of like, eh, yeah, okay. take it or leave it. Casual yeah. fans didn't care about the bubble. They, they did. They just did. And um, so I think this season, you know, the NBA is back. And that's one of the reasons for viewership. Plus, yeah, Phoenix, a team that was not in the playoffs last year, suddenly in the playoffs. And now you have the largest metropolitan area uh, between Texas and California. Now they're all watching these games, rooting uh, for Phoenix. So, so, so I, I got a little bit of pushback. I got a little bit of pushback. Last year, finals was the lowest in a, in a while. But if you look at four or five years ago, the finals were averaging 18 million viewers. And then the next year dropped to 17 million. And this year we're celebrating 8 million. So in a span of five years, they lost 10 million viewers. But I'm going to give a caveat. There are less TVs on this time of year because yeah. people are out doing things and then you got the pandemic. So it's a victory, but we got to put it in perspective. Yeah, no I'm, doubt. I think, I think it's the Steph Curry effect. I'm going to be honest with you. Steph Curry, by the way, won an ESPY for best NBA player, which was kind of weird because mm-hmm. he didn't win the MVP. But uh, you know, I don't think he should have won the NBA MVP. But the reason Steph Curry is as popular as he ever was and is is because he's probably the most relatable NBA player to average dudes. Most guys, most and, 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 and let me cut you off real quick. And do not, do not discount the the effect of kids. Kids exactly. love exactly. Steph Curry. Exactly, <laughs> kids love Steph Curry because a lot of kids, I think, realize that hey, I'm not going to be six nine, two hundred fifty pounds. Right. I might be six two and one hundred eighty five and can shoot the ball well. I mean, and, and plus you look at what Trey Young was able to do for these playoffs. People like Steph Curry. Steph Curry's not in the finals anymore, and the last two finals that he wasn't in, viewership is way, way down. So you can call it the, the LeBron James effect or whatever. I think it's the Steph Curry effect. It, I mean, I, who who in this finals are the kids rooting for? Giannis, probably. No, no, I don't think the kids care. I, I think if it, I think if anybody, it'd be Devin Booker to tell you the truth, yeah, man. But, Devin Booker. But I, even him, he's not. I mean, he'll, he's not popular as popular yet. Right. He's gonna be right. a superstar, but he's not gonna be as popular. As, he's n- nothing like Steph Curry, low as, or, or certainly not LeBron James. Giannis, you know, because he plays in Milwaukee, I don't think they damn sure room for Chris Paul. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, we we know you ain't room for Chris Paul. <laughs> so. Uh, very interesting NBA Finals, though. I think as an NBA fan, though, I think this is a great matchup and a great final so far. Actually. Yeah, I love it personally, man. Let, let, let me ask you a question. With the viewership being what it is now, do you think the NBA does a poor job of marketing its future players? 
you know what? I have an interesting answer to this question. I don't think the NBA does a bad job. I think other other media outlets do a shitty job. <clears throat> Let me explain what, what I mean by that. Everybody watches Undisputed. What does Undisputed talk about every every damn 30 seconds? They're talking about LeBron James and the Lakers. Oh, they're they're not playing. The Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Cowboys. That's you, like, like, honestly, I haven't watched those shows in like a year and a half, two years. Like I, I, I can't literally take it because I can't I, do it. I can't take it. I can't take it. But to, but to expand on my point, man. But there are so many other social media outlets and media outlets who are, for 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 lack of a better term, they're they're casual sports fans who run these outlets, so they don't know anything about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns and and and, and the and whoever else we're, we're talking about. You get what I'm saying? They know what content people are going to click on. They know what people are going to watch. You can always get a click. You can always get a view. If you're talking about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James or LeBron James uh, uh, went to go watch his son play basketball. And I don't want to belabor that point, but y'all get what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Not it's yet. not the NBA's fault. The NBA, I don't know if the NBA even can do anything about other media outlets not really promoting its future stars, man. It, it, to me, it's fair. The NBA itself never really has done that. <clears throat> they have essentially. I think they used to, but they stopped. They, they, I mean, they, they relied, I think they relied heavily on college basketball. On, on yes, absolutely. Good point. Yeah, they rely heavily on college basketball. That's starting to go away as players start to look towards pro leagues. And the NBA actually has done a better job of promoting G League summer league than they do looking at players who are coming uh, out of college because they own those leagues and that's a direct money maker for them. Kaiser, Kaiser, let me let me jump in right quick. Yeah, the, the NBA was stupid to me, and I'm not gonna say stupid. I, I, I want to say short sighted when they did not like coming into the year. You saw how many Instagram and Twitter followers Lamella Ball had. Why did the homies have two national games? Yeah, people wanted to see that kid play. You should at least have five or six national TV games. Yeah, that was I, I don't care how bad the whole effect. I think that I will say uh, one of the reasons why Lamelo raised a lot of eyebrows this season is because a lot of people didn't want the perceived circus that came with one of the Ball brothers. We saw it with Alonzo, and although uh, I said this in our private chat, but I think Lonzo has turned out to be a really good NBA player. Yeah, I agree. But there was no way he was worth the number two pick. He, there was no way he was. I'm sorry. He he just he just wasn't. And so everyone remembers that media circus with LeVar Ball and the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think the NBA wanted to avoid that with LaMelo Ball. They were short-sighted, and they probably realize their mistake now. Um, and they might do a better job of promoting players like him in the future. Let me say this, man. Scared money don't make none. Here's what I mean by that. <laughs> I think with with the powers that be and, and the marketing guys, whoever they are, sometimes you got to kind of take a chance because at some, Le, LeBron James is not going to play forever. The Los Angeles Lakers are not going to be good forever. You got to start the process of trying to market your your, your new players and your new stars. Jamal, and I think man. they're scared. Yeah, Jamal, when the Lakers suck. They gave us. They still gave us a steady diet of the Lakers, <laughs> which is kind of my point. Well, but they, some, had, they had Kobe. But here's the thing: at some point, you got to step out and you got to start. You got to take a chance 
on an, I don't I want to say for, well you kind of got to force feed fans new stars because if not you're going to get stagnant and I think that's where we are in the NBA we're stagnant with the NBA has never really when I think about when Jordan retired the second retirement number two which was yeah the, you know the real real retirement before he came back to the Wizards man there was such a lull in the quality of the NBA and the NBA didn't do anything about it. They did right. nothing about it. The NBA sucked from 98 till uh, 02, 03. Till, really, till LeBron James and the way away came into the league. And LeBron James came in with this like massive amount wow. of, of, of hype. So the NBA was like, ooh, problem solved. I mean, even Michael Jordan coming back really didn't help the NBA a lot, a lot at that point. Vince Carter, and I love Vince Carter, but Vince Carter was the biggest star in the NBA from that seat. A lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, who didn't, and didn't win anything. <laughs> the dumbest stat, maybe, in professional sports history. Nike was the number one seller of basketball shoes uh, during that time period, from the summer of 98 all the way. I mean, they, they still are. Do you guys know who number two was? Hmm. And one. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I had, I had a pair of and ones largest seller of not just basketball shoes, sports apparel in general in the world. That that should tell the whole story right there, that man. Tell you everything you need to know about the NBA during that time period. That was a perfect time for the NBA to come in and do something, but they didn't. I mean, and one was essentially like, yo, we got this. And one had a few stats, Kevin Garnett and a couple yeah, of Yeah, they had been, hey, I'm going to say something that may be unpopular, but damn it, here I go. I think we, an, another another conversation we could have about that particular era, we can talk about the Allen Iverson era. Here's what I mean by that. Listen listen what you just said. And one. And one is a hip-hop brand. I don't care what anybody says. Allen Iverson represented the quote-unquote hip-hop era in the NBA. We all know that turned off a lot of yeah. lot of, lot of the, uh, all the, the good old boys, so to speak. You know what I mean? That great and that's when everybody was complaining about the dress code and 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 the, and the, and the Portland Trailblazers were the were the jailblazers yeah, and you know what I mean and the, and, the, and the malice at the palace happened, man. So all that stuff, man, was <laughs> all, all that stuff was were, were factors, so to speak. Yeah, great point about AI. The NBA did everything they could to to tamp that down, and that was the direction the league was trending in. Yeah, y'all, y'all, we, we, we gotta have an AI question one day. We we, we, we gotta have an AI discussion one day. It's not gonna oh, be absolutely. well received. It's not gonna be well received. And I agree. Look, that's why Dirk and Nash won them three MVPs back to back to back. Well, Dirk deserved that. I was gonna say Dirk, yeah. Nash won. Maybe one. Kobe should have the other one, and I'll stand on that. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, so last week, uh. So ESPN News like rebroke because it broke in 2020 initially. <laughs> Rachel Nichols uh, got on her soapbox and uh, kind of was 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 marking her territory and didn't want uh, Maria Taylor taking her spot on Countdown. Uh, and then there were some remarks made with uh, LeBron James' representative about the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh God. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Because I, I, it's it's so layered. I got my I got my opinions. What do you guys think? So, objectively, 
Rachel Nichols has a legitimate beef with ESPN on one point. She does. She worked hard to get where she was in a, as a woman in a male-dominated industry, and they just essentially took it away from her and gave it to someone else. I'm not going to say gave it to someone else because Maria Taylor, she deserved what she got too. But if, if I'm Rachel Nichols, I'm kind of I'm kind of upset at that. I'm like, damn, I worked fucking hard to get where I am, and you got what? What? Welcome to the club, damn y'all. Hello, hello. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Welcome to our world. Yeah. Welcome to that. that. That's how. That's kind of how I look at. It. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club, Maria Taylor. So, um, you know, I, yeah, it's it's kind of a double edged sword for me. I but in in. And now, and I'll actually, this is a very unpopular opinion of mine, but forced diversity is a good thing. And I know a lot of people on both sides of that fence will disagree with me, but what it does is it gets you used to seeing diversity. And it'll, it'll be a point where it won't matter if the host of whatever show is black or white or male or female, it won't matter because you got to start somewhere. Right. You, you, you kind of like, Kind of like three black dudes trying to break into the sports industry and the white male kind of like that, right? And plus, and plus, how do we know, or how does Rachel Nichols know that he, she didn't get her job because she's a female? We, we do know that there has been a, a shift from networks to get more women uh, involved into sports, and Rachel Nichols may have been a part of that. So for her to imply, well, y'all, this is just a diversity hire. Uh, for you guys is kind of disingenuous considering that she herself may have been a diversity hire. I don't want to take anything away from Maria Taylor or Rachel Nichols, but it's weird because Rachel Nichols has been in the game long enough to know that this is how it works. And for her to essentially say, Oh, well, Hey, yeah, they have black lives matter and me too. Now what else? That's just, it's like that. That's a reckless statement. Now that Jamel Hill, would have never got away with this at ESPN. She Absolutely said, not. She far, didn't get away with it. Let's yeah, be clear. She said far more benign things on Twitter. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Jamel Hill was the most mistreated person, female woman oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Like she took so many unnecessary stuff. I don't agree with everything, but guess what? I'm gonna protect and I'm gonna support Jamel Hill in a lot of stuff because she went through a lot of unnecessary things. She took some bullets, man. She took some Look. bullets. So, so listen, man. I, first of all, let, let me both say both of these ladies are are pretty talented and they're very good at their job. I want to make that very clear. But we all know this is a this is a, a a classic example of when keeping it real goes wrong. And sometimes the right sometimes the right message can come from the wrong person. Rachel Nichols did quote she 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 had an accurate quote on on one of her sayings. Yes, ESPN was under pressure to make a diversity hire. That part is true. However, sometimes the right message can come from the wrong person. And, and that's just a fact. Nobody wanted to hear that from Rachel Nichols. I think if anybody else would have said that, it's not a controversy. No. However, how, however, that is not to say Maria Taylor didn't work her ass off to get where she's at. I remember her covering these, these, these unknown college football teams on Friday night when no one was watching. You know what I'm saying? She's definitely paid her dues to get where she's at. And like Kaza said, welcome to our world, especially with ESPN. ESPN does not give a damn about your tenure, whatever. If you are, if they feel like you are a fit for whatever they're trying to do, for whatever they're trying to accomplish, 
they're going to put you there. It doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, and, and, and Maria Taylor is, is in her rightful place, man. And, and, and quite honestly, she's handling this whole quote unquote controversy very well. So now this is going to get real quick. This is going to get messy fast. Rachel, it's already messy. It's already messy. Even because uh, for those that aren't aware, the things that Rachel Nichols says were in a private conversation that was accidentally recorded to ESPN servers. And one of the employees Real quick, and there is a story out there saying that she actually has a really good case for a lawsuit. Yeah, it's yeah. probably why she hasn't been reprimanded, or you know, ESPN has been very mum on what they're going to do uh, about anything. In fact, uh, Maria Taylor asked that Rachel Nichols not appear on Countdown anymore. And what ESPN did was Rachel Nichols is still on countdown. She just doesn't appear in any segments with Maria, with Maria Taylor. And a lot of people are wondering about that move, but ESPN, they don't want to get sued. Essentially, right. employee leaked confidential information out to the public, which caused this firestorm. I also heard that that employee was terminated. Whether that's right or wrong is a conundrum. She left. She left. She, uh, what ESPN does is – They'll put you on, on, on assignments like in decline. Less, oh, less, yeah, less. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 They kind of starve you out, and then you like, F it, I'm going somewhere else. So, so she left, and <laughs> a black female, right. of course. All right, Rich, Rich and niggas gonna mess around be covering the X Games. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to address, <laughs> I, I address something. Like, I know people don't like Jamel Hill because of perceived things, but. To say that she didn't take bullets is a goddamn lie. I'm sorry. Oh, that's a that's a profound look, lie. Look, 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 she when she was she was writing in Orlando and got the job for ESPN. Somebody leaked her salary. Oh, she don't deserve. Why don't she deserve that? She she was one of the first black women to to go to ESPN. Like, look, she took a lot of bullets. She said a lot of true stuff about Trump. She she had the whole conservative base on her. She said a lot of true stuff, but when she she eventually got phased out, she was on Sports Center with Michael Smith. Remember that? She yeah, prime time. Way, she worked her way up legitimately, and got and got knocked down. Like you might not like the things she say. Like some of the things she say are true. Some things she said. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna agree 100 with everybody, but for 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 you to hate on her, that that doesn't make no sense. Look, she took I'll, a lot. She took a lot of I'll even go as far to say if you hate her, that's kind of a reflection of yourself, man. Seriously, man, because she's been nothing but gen genuine, uh, articulate, authentic throughout that whole process. And I and I and this, and this word is kind of strong, but she was she's kind of been a martyr for ESPN, man. You know what I mean? Let me address this. So black men are white supremacists of the community. Look, I don't have to agree with everybody says. I can easily say if you if you if you if you were celebrating Cosby getting out of jail. Because you perceive he was innocent, you're just as bad as her liking that comment. I'm leaving that alone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Jamel Hill. Plus, I don't think ESPN wants to. Um, you know, we all know what, what you know what they did to Jamel Hill and Michael A. Smith because that was that was her homie. Look, 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 he 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 got a straight bullet. Yeah, I, I, I was just about to say. I think he went down by association. Yeah, I really do. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we. I, I think ESPN wants to avoid that with Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols because you know ESPN is owned by the largest media corp, uh, conglomerate in Disney. the of the world, Disney. 
ABC so, Disney. Yeah, those decisions come from the top down. And, and if they say, look, we want diversity, then that's what's going to happen, regardless of the pop, the internal politics about whether or not somebody, uh, you know, deserves the, the job uh, or not. So, you know, all I can say to Rachel Nichols is you got to get with the times. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, <laughs> she'll be all right. Like someone said in the comments, she's a millionaire. Uh, you know, her family's in media. She'll be all right. She could be fine. go to Fox Sports and get paid. I, I'm not. Look, you know, look, I, I, I don't even think it'll come to that, to say the truth. It, it, the, 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 there's rumors of Maria Taylor, like Amazon, you know, they're trying to start their whole sports thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought her Amazon's going to try to throw it back at her. I've heard Fox Sports. Well, of course, now the rumblings from within ESPN are a lot of the people that worked with Rachel Nichols are now shunning her. You know, I mean, you work with black dudes every day. Right. <laughs> you say something like that. Um, you know, some people came out and, uh, like uh, Jalen Rose has come out. But, you know, that, that's Rachel Nichols is someone that he's worked with for over a decade. And for him to come out and be like, mm, uh, you know, you know, we're not that cool no more. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's such a layered thing. It's, it's like I understand she's trying to mark her territory and. To me, there's an element that may be of ageism there because she's in her fifties. Like, 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 if you want to be real about it, women get replaced by younger women every day in sports. That's true. Uh, that's true. What, what is, that brings me back to my point. ESPN no, right, does right. not. I'm huh? 40, 47. You're about fifty, yeah. Well, don't get me started. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, hey, y'all seen the way Paul Pierce was looking in some of them seconds? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 to bring it back, man, that, that that goes back to my point, man. Like, if you work for ESPN, man, you have to be ready to adapt and change to any situation, man. They they are going to fit you wherever they want to fit you, regardless of tenure, man. So if, if you don't adapt, you can probably go work for Fox News and listen to Skip Bayless talk crazy all day. So those are your choices, man. That's. Hey, hey man, life ain't fair. We just gotta roll with it, man. That's it. Okay, we're gonna move on from this. Uh, I'm in, Antonio. I heard that too. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that one alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not in the speculation. I'm gonna leave that one alone. Oh boy, somebody's still shooting threes and ain't even playing in. Hey, never mind. Go ahead, bro. I'm just saying this. I'm just saying the Rachel, Rachel, Rachel Nichols. The, uh, the Michelle Beadle effect. Remember, Michelle Beadle, there, yeah. there were uh, rumors about her and Aaron Rodgers. Where's Michelle Beadle now? Good question. Doing something else. Really good question. She was rich before. Uh, (laughs) Look, Diane Sawyer, Rachel Nichols. That's all I got to say. Pretty much. I'm going to go ahead and read this quote for you. I'm going to read this quote. I want to get your opinion. We are in the process of now working on the entertainment district around the stadium, and we'll continue to work and follow up with the strategies, the comparables, and what does it mean? Lyle said Thursday during the press conference. And then after we get that district plan done, the entertainment district plan, we'll begin to work. We'll begin to talk about how to address the stadium and how does it benefit the people of Charlotte. This was via Lyle's uh, comments on uh, David Tepper's new stadium. So how do you guys uh, kind of digest that news? So – uh, it, it must feel good to work with your best friend that frequently, man. I, I, it must. If I was a David Temple, they're they're best friends, right? They're, never mind. Anyway, um, 
my, my first thought was we actually had a brief conversation about this before we went on, man. And regardless of what anybody thinks, man, th- this is happening. This is this is going to happen. And and I just wonder uh, if and how this is going to affect the epicenter. Um, you know, if you're talking about an entertainment complex, we had one. I, I mean, I, I mean <laughs> look, look, I was I was literally out last night, and there is nothing in the epicenter anymore. It's it's like a ghost town. It's eerie. It's weird. It's nothing there. It's nothing at all. But with that being said, you know, again, how does this affect their plans? Because what do you do? I mean, it's there's not like it's not like there's just a, a whole bunch of space left uh, or in and around downtown. So, what are these specific plans? I guess we haven't really gotten there yet, obviously, man. But at the same time, I'm kind of excited to tell you the truth because you you know we're in, we're obviously in this very weird uh, space. And it's very weird predicament post-pandemic, even though we're not really out of it yet. But you get what I'm saying. So with that being said, you know, how does Charlotte rebound from that? And, of course, being at the Panthers in the stadium situation and, and and uh, you know, uh, uh, fans, you know, us being at 100% capacity going into next season, how was that going to affect the rebound, so to speak? And this is all a part of the rebound or the rebuild of Charlotte. So it's just – you know, on one hand, I'm like really excited, but on the other hand, I'm like, okay, what are y'all really up to, and what are the details? And I'm ready to get to that. Yeah, um, I mean, the new stadium is inevitable. The only thing I don't like about it is Tepper has repeatedly said that it will take a significant investment from the taxpayers in the city. He never puts the onus on himself as the owner to be the one to make a significant investment. NFL said you you need at least a billion to build a billion now. And so you're probably going to have to double that. Two billion dollars will get you a really good stadium in the NFL. And knowing Tepper, he's not going to want anything less than the best. He's already said he wants to host Final Fours and all kinds of stuff. So we're going to need a a giant dome facility in the middle of downtown. Probably going to cost two billion dollars. And he's saying he wants the taxpayers in the cities to bear the brunt of that. The problem I have with that is David Tepper is not from Charlotte. He doesn't really have any ties to here. So if he needs to just peace out, y'all, he'll do that. He cannot take the Panthers with him from what I understand about the contract he signed when he bought the team. But this is a business venture from him. If he, he could sell the Panthers and just make all the money back that he spent on them and then peace out, and then we're left holding the bag uh, for a stadium that he wanted. That Taxpayers are going to realize this. And I am so afraid that we end up with another Charlotte Hornets situation. Thank you. I, thank we, you. I was I was thinking it, but I just didn't want to say yeah, it. But go ahead. In which, you know, the Hornets wanted and really needed. The old Charlotte Coliseum capacity-wise was great, but it didn't have enough skyboxes. So George couldn't entertain his buddies. And he asked the stadium or the city for a new stadium. And they were like, <laughs> uh, no. Well, actually, they said, we'll let the people vote on it because you know the city didn't want to take responsibility and the people said no people said no we don't need a new stadium we got the one on tabola and the hornets left so i, I don't know if I, I i just don't want the stress of knowing if that's going to be the same situation if you let the taxpayers vote on a new stadium it i don't think i don't think let me, let me tell you what's going to happen let me tell you what's happen. they got that that money comes from the tourism fund the the the, uh, the 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 total hotels hotel tax yeah. and everything right. and so they're going they're, they're going to they're going to take money from that 
and I think they're going to solicit state help. And the people in Raleigh, they will, yeah, they will lean on Tepper and 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 try to make it a give and take thing. I think it gets done, but my thing is like. You have goodwill to get this thing, these things done, but you still have an affordable housing issue in Charlotte. You have uh, inequalities, and then on top of that, the schools are not that great. And so, like, where's your true focus? And then, and then I'm looking at it like this too: like the Hornets, the Hornets uh, facilities will be 20 years old, another two, three years, and these stadiums have a 30 year shelf life. So you you looking at Michael Jordan in the next couple of years, about five, about 10, 15 years, asking for a new stadium. Like, where's it coming from? Where's the money coming from? Mm-hmm. And, 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 then, and then I look at it like this, like feasibly, I see if the Hornets want to stay in the area in the future or, or the Panthers. <sighs> Being out in different cities recently, like a lot of the stadiums are off in the suburbs somewhere. I think we're going to see that pretty soon with a stadium. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Our, our our brother Vince has has echoed that same sentiment that the Panthers will probably build a facility near or the, the stadium near the border. Um, I don't know he, if that works well for Charlotte, though. He, he bought the pipe and foundry land. So yeah, I, I think, it's going to be in that pipe and foundry. I think if you look at the way Charlotte is built, right, because all right, you look at those cities that have their stadiums out in the suburbs. They already have thriving downtown areas and they just don't have a lot of space right, right, for right. stadium or parking or, or all that. Charlotte has the space. At least we do now. Um, um, everything essentially west of Moorhead is, you know, still space. Yeah, still space. And that's where they would want to build. And so I think Charlotte's got, if, if you put a stadium out near the border, uh, I don't know, y'all probably don't remember. Some of you may remember the old Charlotte Coliseum on Tyvola. As much as as much as people love that Coliseum, they I hated it. Driving out there and back, there was nothing out there. There was hella traffic. I mean, back then there was nothing on Tyvola. On Tyvola, it was, it, and they were supposed to build an entertainment and media complex <laughs> out there. And now, now, know. now there's a Chipotle and a Starbucks and some condos. Go figure. Right. And so uh, how point. ironic is that? Stephen made a good point. Why did the Knights leave Fort Mill? They they back up town. No, no, nobody was driving all the way down there. Nobody wanted to go drive 45 minutes to see a minor league baseball team. Now, granted, the Panthers are, you know, an NFL team and it's a little different, but I, I really think with Charlotte focusing on downtown, at least at this point in our city, it's timeline is the way to go from a commerce standpoint. And, and Kazi, you, you make a good point. People always tend to overlook infrastructure. Like, infrastructure is important. Uptown has the ex- existing infrastructure. You got 77 right there with branches off to 85. You got a train line coming there. So you got ways to get in and out easier. You look at the 49ers playing in Santa Clara. People don't go to those games because it is hell trying to get to those games out there. You spend... An hour at least in traffic, trying to get in, and an hour, two hours trying to get out. It's not worth it. I, I could sit at home, eat some Buffalo Wild Wings, drink drink some liquor and some beer, and, and have just a good old time watching the 49ers play. Especially nowadays with technology, um, you know, you can watch 
NFL games on a 100 inch 4K screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and you know, really, message you know, surround sound. You get a great experience. Um, you know, it, now granted, it's nothing like actually going to a game, but I think for a lot of people, uh, the, the trade off is 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 not that that bad for them to where. I, I mean, the Panthers will always have fans, and people will go to those games if you place, if you, if you, no matter where you put a stadium. Uh, but, uh, but in the years in which the Panthers suck, because that's going to be it for, for every franchise. There's going to be some some bad years. Um, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to fill that stadium. You you, you won't even get what, away. Which is kind of my point, and nobody wants to say this, but when the Panthers are bad, the attendance is is bad along with it, and 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 that's just the truth. I, I've seen it for myself. <laughs> I mean, you compare the 2015 season to this season. I mean, well, this season is extraordinary to be. You know, we that's obvious, man. But when we're not winning, people that's are gonna be like, man, I'm not I'm not gonna work as hard to go to a football game. That's just that simple. And and and, and, and that's why Tepper will never publicly commit to a rebuild because. He knows you're, that. You're already kind of admitting defeat and losing ticket revenue, just kind of admitting that. But right. guys, uh, my transition. So, let me say this. So, uh, the Jordan brand classic. Don't count. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Move on. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead man. Go ahead. That's the inside joke, y'all. Go ahead. So uh, let's make this one quick. We got we got about five minutes left. So yeah. the Jordan Brand Classic is in Charlotte now. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? Excited, very, very, very excited, man. It college. I have always thought that college basketball, in particular, needs to have way more, more of a presence in Charlotte. When you think about college basketball, it's always Raleigh, Durham, UNC, Duke. Yeah, I mean, for obvious reasons. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we have the facilities, we have the downtown, we have all the all the bells and whistles to start hosting more major college basketball tournaments. Man, this is a great thing. You have the Tar Heels, who are one of the Jordan, uh, one of the Jordan brand teams who will be playing in this uh, uh, tournament. Man, I am super excited about it, man. So, great thing by Michael Jordan and Jump Man. This is another good thing for the city of Charlotte and Michael Jordan that. Didn't get covered on ESPN. That's why I said don't count. It's an inside joke. Because LeBron James had a LeBron James classic. Oh, Lord have mercy. Wherever. Oh, my God. It would have been. Shannon Sharp would have had a baby on the air if LeBron James would have had the same thing. So I think it's a great thing, especially since CIAA is leaving. Someone says CIAA is better in Charlotte. Um, (laughs) It was time to go. It was, I I, I hate to see it go only because the, the event brought prominence to our city. Uh, but as far as the actual tournament, we um, weren't going. We weren't yeah, like, 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 like the CIAA needs fans to support their product. Exactly. But guess what? We were coming to support the parties, exactly. but not the product. The CIAA wanted to leave Charlotte because they knew that it had turned into something completely different. So, you know, so they moved. So this will be a good. Um, I, I don't think it'll achieve the. The heist that CIAA did from an right. standpoint, but that might be that might be a good that might be a good thing for it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Let's uh let's jump into shout outs, man. You got any shout outs this week? Guys, what you got? Um I got nothing. Okay, let me go first, man. Give a shout out to Cam Newton, man. Nice guy. 
uh, big as hell. Uh, <laughs> had his cigar, his hair. Uh, and, and we met him in Dallas, man. Cool guy, man. Look, I, I, I can't ask for anything better, man. How his, random? How random? And look, man, look. We parked in the parking garage. We was like, well, we, we just literally landed. We landed We landed there, drop our, drop our luggage off. It was like, that's why we look, look so rough. We just got off the plane. And so we were <laughs> like, let's go get something to eat. And so we're like, we'll go to Deep Ellum. Deep Ellum is a little nice area where all the bars and restaurants and stuff like that. We get out. Candace is like, ooh, black people eating there. So if black people eating there, I can trust their opinion. No offense to anybody. So we walk there. I like this, I like this dude is big as hell. And he comes out and I see the hair. I'm like, oh shit, that's Cam Newton. And I'm like, I froze. And Candace is like, let's go meet him. So it wouldn't for Candace, I wouldn't have a picture. <laughs> well, there you go. Why wife usually had, can tell you right, man. Um I have a I have a shout out that Kaiser will appreciate, man. There is a rumor <clears throat> that EA Sports is releasing an old franchise. What could that old franchise be? The rumor is is that it is probably Fight Night. Hmm. So I, have, I have some inside information on that. Really? Would you like to share, or, or are you at liberty to share? Yeah, no, because I'm not under NDA. This is what was told to me from my my sources. So for those this, this, know, uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Kaiser Broussard. Go ahead. I worked with EA on uh, Fight Night uh, Round Four. I have a, a plaque here uh, commemorating that, and and Fight Night Champion. So um, because there's a project, uh, it, it's it's an independent boxing game. Um, actually, someone just mentioned in the comments, looking pretty good, but it's, it's almost close to vaporware because it's an independent project. It actually has real fighters, uh, real venues, and you know they spend a lot of money licensing that stuff. And it's been gaining a lot of traction. And so EA said, hold up. That's our territory. We can't have people cutting into it. So that prompted them to get the old development crew back together and uh, use another, uh, make another Fight Night game based on the current UFC engine. And they've already started licensing fighters. The, the idea was to insert those fighters into the UFC game so to get people interested uh, in the new boxing game. And the plan is for EA to actually usurp this esports boxing game by releasing theirs first. So you got to realize EA is a super huge corporation. If they see a little bit of competition... They're gonna go. Yep. Uh, yep. They're gonna crush it. But to me, that's a good. That's a good thing. So yeah, good shout out. Shout out to them. I, I hope they bring it back. I, I love the fight night game. So there it is. All right, guys, man. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a, a good day, man. Uh, yeah, man. Enjoy good your show. beautiful hot ass Sunday. Uh, it's the middle of July. <laughs> enjoy. Um, I'm old. I'm washed up. I'm about to go to bed. I didn't get home to two three a.m. last night and went to a party. So, guys, hold it down. Peace out. Thank you for watching and supporting. Fellas, to the next time, y'all. It's over. Now it's short, short season. So, get outside. Get outside. There you go.